I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to the second bi-week edition of Supercoach Edge. We're at the halfway point of the buys, so uh, you know what that means, Liam. Continuing on with the Bond theme, we're set to buy another day. Oh, very nice and pretty appropriate, really, when you think about it as we do head into that second week of buys, because we'll be buying, I guess, another day. Uh, <laughs> how'd you yeah, go? How'd right. you go first week? Yeah, yes. Um, well, I'm here. I didn't, I didn't buy, didn't die in the buys, thankfully. <laughs> Um, I survived, but uh, let's delve into it, Liam, a little bit, uh, a little bit closer with our first segment yes. in The Good, The Bad and The Ugly. Yes, in The Good, The Bad and The Ugly, we run through a quick recap of uh, how our teams fared over the round of Supercoach for both good and bad reasons. And uh, I kick it off because I did come a cropper. I came a cropper. Sort of, I think pretty expectedly. I actually didn't even check my score all round because I, I knew it wasn't going to be good. Um, I was checking scores, but I wasn't looking at my actual score. Uh, <laughs> so I, I did score 1740. Um, I'll delve into a little bit of that later. I did only have 17 players. So I'm actually pretty happy with that mm. considering. Yeah, and, and I had a pretty shitty run with uh, my VC and C, but I'll, I'll, mm. I'll run through that soon as well. So fell in the ranks uh, down to 28,372. As I said, wasn't too concerned about the buys because um, most, uh, well, both of my main leagues don't have um, matches across head heads across the buys. Um, so just sort of just coasting through, just trying to keep my team, just jump on people and players that I need uh, as, you know, just base, basically based off break-evens. Um, so trades out, I made the three trades and they were Carol, Pruce and Hayes. And on the ins, I had English, Jeffrey and Tickle from uh, Port Adelaide as a ruck forward, which is nice to have in my side. Uh, 
Now onto the good. You just uh, can't go past Maxi Gorn's score. 198, absolute monster. I'm just going to leave it at that. It's, that's all that needs to be said. That's On the good. bad side, yeah, very good. <laughs> On the bad side, I've got Josh Dunkley's score of 66. Just not what I expect from him. I've got him in the bad because... I'll give him a bit of a break. He's been pretty reasonable with his scoring. So I'll, I'll, I'll give him a give him a give him an out for this week. But on the bad, ugly side, I'm gonna breeze through this because I just want to get through this week. Uh, on the ugly side, I've got two. I've got a two for one here. I've got Tim oh, English wow. as the VC and Bye. James Sicily as the C. But you know what? In fairness, I think I'm the one to blame. Like the saying goes. I just couldn't pick a winner, even if the race was over. No matter what seems to be happening with me, with the VC and the C, I'm just not, not picking them. That's oh, the uglies, the uglies I won't give to Tim English and James Sisley. I'll give it to me is just my utter inability to pick a, a player that's going to score over 100 for VC or C. No, I, I think it. I think I think it's fair to put the blame on them. Like both of those guys, as we said, we both picked them in our. Mm our bests, I guess, in terms of VC and C options. And I was considering Sicily as well um, and chose English as my VC as well, which I'll delve into in a little little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, English had the history behind him. So did Sicily, even more so against yeah. uh, with his matchup against, historically, against the Pies. So um, yeah, very, very disappointing. So no, I'm backing you in, Liam. It's not your fault. Oh, thank it's you. It's their fault. So, But uh, on to my score. And um, I was quite pleased with my first bye week. Came away relatively unscathed and uh, scored 1,934 overall ranking. Thankfully, Liam, I am on the right direction, on the right train, on the right rocket or the right helicopter to the moon. Hopefully I can go to the moon. So my overall ranking, I am now ranked 10,874th overall and rose 2,869 spots. So I've rose around about, I think it's three, about three and a half K spots over the past two weeks, which is, um, yeah, pleasing. So, um, you know, I've arrested that uh, that slide, thankfully, for the time being, knock on wood. Uh, In terms of the trades, ended up trading Prusy to English, Hayes, uh, also who was in the R3, to uh, to good old Test, aka (laughs) Tickle. Uh, and uh, sorry, just bringing that uh, that smut factor back in again. <laughs> and uh, traded. That's good by you, though. Yes, Very thank good. you, thank you. Um, and pay that. Yeah, it's just some of my finest material. People will pay for that, <laughs> surely. Um, and in terms of the last trade, I traded out that uh, that annoying player that I've had to play and, and lean on alongside Rioli in mm. my F six Curtis Paul Curtis. Traded him out to Jeffrey uh, as a bit of a. You know, jumping on a passing uh, cash cow on the way up, and I uh, was quite happy with that. Um, but of course, should mention as well, the week I traded him out, I think he scored his second or third best score of the year. So, um, yeah, Liam, you got rewarded from my uh, punting him. Gave Thank him a nice you. little rocket Thank on you. the way up. No worries. Yeah. Hopefully, he can lovely, for you. Lovely 55. <laughs> <laughs> it's real helpful. So good. Every point counts. Uh, in terms of the good, uh, so as you mentioned, Gorney, I mean, he gets it hands down for that yes. absolutely insane score of 198. Uh, Runner-up, should mention though, is uh, is Oliver, who is in this good category because he actually salvaged my captaincy score after I overlooked my first two options in Laird, who scored a 136, and the running man, who scored a 167. So um, little piggy, the, uh, the, the pink sweaty pig, that is, uh, that is Clary. As they say in Babe. That'll do, Pig. That'll do. 
<laughs> so it's applicable to the uh, to the pink sweaty pig. So thank you, good man. You actually saved my bacon. You like that? Another bit of material like there. Yep, yeah, good one. You're on fire I today. Keep, I can keep going. I can keep going all night. <laughs> <laughs> in terms of the bad, I probably won't, yeah, because people tune out. Uh, in terms of the bad, English gets the bad on debut for my side off the back of his 80. Although Bevo can share some of the blame by marooning him on the bench. There was a section there where he had, he was on the bench for about 10 minutes at one stage, 10 minutes straight. Ridiculous. And I, know, I know people say that, oh, you know, the ball's on the, other, on the other side of the ground or, you know, they haven't kicked a goal over the past 10 minutes. Mate, I can guarantee, have a look at other games and when the ball is on the bench side of the ground and there's a stoppage, they'll quickly make ro- rotation. So there's, there's no no excuse, absolutely no excuse. So Bevo, you're in the bloody gun for this, mate. So inexcusable. But more so was the fact that, like you, Liam, I put the VC on him and he just wasted yeah. it. Wasted it and forced yeah, wasted me to it. um to make a choice between um, those guys that I mentioned, Laird, Running Man and, uh, and, and Clary. So thankfully it's all worked out well, but could have been um, disastrous. In terms of the ugly, Dunkley, it's a bit of a flip here between uh, your good and bad and, and ugly, uh, Liam, or the bad and ugly, because uh, I've yeah. got Dunkley in the ugly, Dunkley in the ugly, uh, for his 66, uh, because it was his lowest score of all the primos, sorry, the lowest score of all primos in my side, and it also was his lowest score of the season. So he does get a reprieve given his consistency um, along the journey of the season. He's had a pretty strong run of form as well. Um, over the past uh, recent weeks anyway. So you get a reprieve, but um, just a little bit of a rocket there for you, Dunks. Um, but Liam, Fair enough. let's have a, uh, a quick look at our head-to-head, but it does come with a little bit of an asterisk, I reckon. Uh, I don't think it does. I mean, it's still had 17 players. Just jumping into it, uh, Damon got the win, obviously, with the nine wins for the season and me with just the three and a point differential of 498, which was rocketed this week after my poor score. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's, that's part of the reason why I, I, I want to say, I want to put my hand out for a true slam for at least a, across across the buy period because even though, yes, technically I did notch up another win, you know, given the fact that you're not too concerned with the buys, um, it feels as though, and I, I don't mean to be um, like a backhanded compliment or backhanded comment anyway, but it feels like I'm facing the supercoach equivalent of the West Coast Eagles oh. <laughs> because he, you're going into into the buy period, just not Damn. worrying about having a full full team. But if you if you want to go back north on Melbourne, I'd rather be north. <laughs> All right, I'll say I'll say north. But okay, yeah, it will settle on north if you if you're happy with north. But it's up to you if you wanted to keep going, oh. considering you have 18 players. But if only if only if <laughs> only if you've got 18 say, players over the next two weeks. I will say at this stage, assuming there's no carnage with uh, trades and outs. Uh, I've got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 players this week. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, yeah, um, sorry. I are you sure you don't actually want to take, are you sure you don't want to take the week off? Cause I've only got 18. No, I'm, I'm, <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we can. I mean, I'm happy to do it either way. And then the week no, after, no, no. I think I've got about the same. So I am open to continuing it on. We can always see oh, what let's happens. Continue it. Yep, Once we okay. get closer to teams being announced just in case there is some carnage. Yeah, okay. yeah, but thank you, thank you no for taking me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, <laughs> thank you, uh, thank you, West Coast, just being kind. Uh, anyway, anywho, there was uh, some talking points to go out of the weekend, which were 
pretty big. So let's uh, take them a little bit of a closer look at them in the week that was. I don't care if Monday's black, Tuesday, Wednesday, hard to turn. In the week that was, we keep you up to date with the key talking points of the round. And Damon, it was a pretty big one, let's be honest. Yes, it was. Yes, that first bye week of the season did kick off as man, woman and beast alike scrambled to field 18 players with the likes of Cripps, Walsh, Short, Sinclair, Doherty, Cogs, just to name a few among the most popular primos having the week off. Yes, and uh, while Gorn, Miller, Laird and Oliver were among the top scorers for us this round. It was the continued form of McCartan that also shone very brightly. Uh, but with the highs also comes the lows, and it presented to us as such with Bazlenka, Bailey Smith, being handed a two-week <laughs> suspension for headbutting Zach Tui. Oh, yeah, the big old wind-up. Bang! Yeah, it was. Oof. Well and truly dished out. So they usually call it the um, Liverpool kiss. In this yeah, case, yes, he dished yeah. out an Irish kiss, just bang, <laughs> and he and it looked like he had a bit of lipstick on his on his forehead as well. He actually did yeah. got him a got him a beauty, absolute beauty. Mm. But um, yeah, seriously deflating for those poor coaches that brought him in, uh, especially those that brought him in early as well, um, ahead of his DPP introduction. Um, so yeah, that given the fact that he's going to miss the next three weeks, which includes their buy. So uh, we'll address yeah. what you could do with him in our I got to know segment later on in the app. But now let's focus on the positives, Liam. And it came in the form of a shipload, not a shipload, a shipload, oh, oh the works, of new bargain basement price rookies making their way to our Supercoach shores. See, there you go, like that. So uh, yeah, let's delve a little deeper into those that look like diamonds in the rough with our special segment, The New Kids on the Block. Yes, with uh, the mid-season draft last Wednesday, we are, we've got a raft, I want to say. I'm going to continue with the boat analogies uh, <laughs> of new rookies at the uh, bottom price to consider. And, I mean, I don't even know how many there are. There's like, I want to say like uh, 20. Yep, that'll do. Good guess. Uh, but uh, we, won't, we won't list them through. Um, what about what about the more notable ones in terms of averages? Yeah, let's have a quick chat about them. Yeah, so I've got we've had a look at some of the uh, averages from their state league or NAB league for 2022. Uh, we've got Jai Kali, who went number one at 102.4K. He's mid-forward eligible from the West Coast Eagles uh, with an average of 135.5 in the NAB league in 2022. We've also got Josh Carmichael, 102.4K mid-forward uh, from Collingwood, uh, Sandfall, average of 106 i think he's got a good average but i'm not sure if we're going to see him super early uh sam durden as well uh joining your mob damon 123.9k defender sandful um sandful 2022 average of 88 it's really going to confuse bt now because he mm, was going average. on and on about how Durden, he was like, oh, this, what was this? What was, what was, what's the actual, what's the other Durden's name? Corey, Corey, when, Corey Durden. Corey, Corey, when Corey, he was going, oh, Corey, well, he didn't do this at North Mal at North Melbourne. Well, it's because it wasn't him. But now he's in the extra <laughs> when they play uh, on the same side. Oh, anyway, BT and confusion and, uh, goes hand in hand. <laughs> Must be And said. also from, <laughs> very true. And also from your mob, we got Will Hayes, 123.9K, mid forward eligible uh, with a VFL average of 128, which is very nice. Yes. Now let's have a look at uh, just in terms of the guys uh, 
that we've listed there who could play in the short term. Yes. And um, I can say as a baggers man, with relative confidence, that uh, Sam Durden, who uh, that man who's going to really confuse BT, will line up for my mob at some stage this year. Um, with the loss of Weedering uh, against the Pies, we are seriously lacking key defensive mm. tools at the moment. And with Marchbank still underdone on his long comeback from a knee injury, you know, I reckon you could look to see, you know, potentially Durden making his debut as early as this weekend. Um, I think Marchbank will probably get another run in the VFL. Um, otherwise, Kemp is really the only other realistic option that we've got healthy that could come in. But I think they've drafted him for a reason as yep. a bit of a stopgap, bit of patchwork. And I think he'll come in and play this weekend. Um, so look out for that. And of Carlton's other recruit in X-Dog, Will Hayes, um, who's apparently taken his game to another level in the VFL. And I guess his super coach average at that level backs that up. Um, yep. He is, I would say, more of a depth player at this stage. But it wouldn't surprise me to see him play a random game or two, you know, if an injury does pop up. Um, so he is more the depth player. We do have a, a fair bit of depth now in the yep. Endon room. So um, it should be fine. But um, the fact that, uh, that Nunes is still getting a game for my mob, says to me that uh, Hayes could potentially come into the side. So uh, look out for him potentially as a bit of a downgrade option down the track. Yes. And uh, also Jai Cully, very highly touted uh, with his with his dreads. And given yeah. the Eagles are crying out for any sort of quality, uh, you'd expect he'd be the next lucky pickup to see some games this season. Once he settles into life in Perth and obviously being on an AFL list, I think his very strong chance of, of playing and at that bottom price with that forward and mid eligibility chef kiss. Yeah, boy. And then obviously outside of this, <laughs> Ramsden could see some games given the Hawks injury issues to their first choice rucks in recent times. But with Ned Reeves back, I think we'll have to wait on his return. Yes. And among the others, uh, one that was touted as, as the biggest draft slider on the day was Josh Carmichael. Um, who fell into the laps of the Pies after many predicted he would be snapped up inside the first four to five picks. He's a ready-made player and could make an immediate impact if called upon. Yeah. So um, again, probably more of a, a depth player, but the fact that he is that um, ready-made player could see him potentially step into the Pies lineup at some stage. So uh, look out for that. But now let's move on to all things trades, Liam, in The Price is Right. The Price is Wrong, bitch. Yes, in the price is right. We run through the top buy, sell, hold, and wait options for this round of Supercoach. We'll chat about the pros and cons and the notable players to factor in who face the second round of buyers next or this coming week. But first off, before we uh, we delve into the best trade targets, let's rehash what presents us on the buy front. Yes, uh, so round 12 saw us go through the first buy round, of course, and luckily that means there are players from six teams who will play each round for the rest of the season. So, um, geez, that's a, that's a good good sign. We're getting there, Liam. Yep. Shows that we're slowly getting over each week. But uh, now's the time to bring those players in. But this week, we've got six teams who will have the bye. And this week, mm. they are Adelaide, Geelong, Sydney, West Coast, Western Bulldogs, and Gold Coast. You got the bye this week, Liam. West Coast. Oh, yeah. Thank God. <laughs> As we mentioned last week, the five most notable players from each according to ownership, include from Adelaide, Rochelle, Saligo, Hinge, Dawson, Laird from Geelong, SDK, Stewart, Stevens, Dempsey, and Stengel 
From Gold Coast, we have Miller, Witz, Rosas, Raul, and Hollands. Sydney, Heaney, McCartan, Parker, Mills, and Lloyd. From the Dogs, we have Dunkley, McRae, McComb, Trelaw, and English. And West Coast, Clark, Dixon, Hoff, Stranatica, and Naish. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I had to so, stop there because uh, I was like, we wrote, wrote it down in the um, in the run sheet there, and you've actually you've done the right thing, and you've put you've spelt his name S T R A N D I C A, but it's actually spelt S T R N A D I C A. It's Stranatica, <laughs> but that's how it should be spelt. So whoever spelt his surname, it reminds me of stories of like people um, immigrating from like Europe or something back in the day, and. They like, I think it's like Jezelinko. I think there's a story about him. Sorry, this is yeah. completely off the topic. But um, <laughs> Jezelinko, his, his name's spelt with a, a, I think it's like with an S and a Z and like it's actually pronounced completely different. But they wrote yeah, okay. his name wrong when his family immigrated to Australia. So yeah, they fucked it up. But maybe, I wonder if that happened with Stranatica. And they actually just maybe. fucked up and put like the um, the, the like N before the A. Just... <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, just leave it at that. No one's going to know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but, but uh, anyway, let's uh, before we jump into the buy and sell options and the weight options for this week, just wanted to touch on a bit of, I guess, strategy or super coach theory that's important to consider from this point of the season, especially um, until the end. So obviously, we obviously want to have the top six forwards, defenders, or the top eight mids in our side. Um, and it's, but it's important to remember that what you really want is the top six or eight in their position from the week you trade them in. It's who gives a shit about the points? You know, you don't want to chase yesterday's points. If a player comes into a hot runner form, then that's the player you should be trading in and that's who you want. So I guess just keeping that in mind, for instance, Heaney, based off, you know, total points for the season, he's a top six mid. Um, but when you look at his five round average, he's ranked 44th for forwards. Mm. Uh, conversely, I guess you've got Darcy Cameron, who's ranked 31st for overall points, but he's ranked seventh based on his five round average. So I think just keep in mind for this when you're trading in um, players. So I think like I look at um, players that from this point on could end up being, you know, top eight from this point of, of the season in their position. It's likes of Walsh, uh, Merritt, for instance, could do the same thing. Um, they're not going to finish the season as top eight, uh, eight midfielders because they've just, you know, they've missed games. They've scored poorly to this point. Um but they could, with their average from here on out, it could actually mean that they finish in that position. So just keep that in mind. It's not super important for them to be a top six forward or mid or whatever for the year, but it's a top six forward from the point where you actually trade them in. Yes, absolutely spot on, Lee. And you've, uh, you've hit the nail on the head there. And yeah, very rarely do players maintain their form throughout the entire year for very various reasons, such as you know general form slumps, role changes, injuries and the like. So what matters most are those in the best current form. So it, it obviously goes without saying you don't get the points, you know, a player has generated prior to them being traded into your team. What matters most are the points that they're going to make from here on out. So just because they're currently ranked inside the top six to eight for their position, their recent form may indicate a potential downward trajectory or the fact that um, they may struggle to um, continue their form. And you could probably say that um, Brayshaw, is probably one that has really done me over here. And I should have paid more attention, you know, projecting forward as to how he was going to perform based upon how he was performing in recent games that I traded him in. And he had a little bit of a downward, I guess, not spiral, but a downturn in form. And I saw him as, you know, good value. 
but he was that price for a very good reason. And um, I should have used that as a bit of a snapshot projecting forward because at the time I could have easily jumped on a Parish. I could have jumped on a Walsh who was a little bit more expensive, but if I had them and went them over Brayshaw, I would have, I'm not too sure I haven't compared the, uh, the numbers, but I would have, you know, comparing their current averages to each other, yeah. I would have at least confidently made, you know, another 15, 20, 25 extra points per week. Um, so over the course of the year, that does make a very, very big difference, especially in head-to-head matchups. Um, but yeah, I mean, Liam, you're probably going to touch on it very, very shortly when we go through the uh, the buy-sell uh, options. But you had a very nice stat for Zach Merritt as one such example over the past couple of years yep. where you've compared his form pre and post-buy. Yep. And uh, I'll let you um, unveil that ace up your sleeve very shortly because uh, Franco Cotso is giving you a little bit of a knock on the door and he's giving us yeah. the hurry up to get into the sell category. So let's do it. Carlo Michalo is a grand sire. Franco Cotso is in brand new foot to scry, foot to scry, foot to scry, foot to scry, foot to scry. Bye for Franco Cotso in brand new hicken, foot to scry. Olé! Yes, uh, let's kick off <coughs> uh, with the sale options. And it's uh, first up, it's Paddy McCartan. Uh, defensive forward eligible, 376.3K, averaging 72.9 with a break-even of 52 and a buy in round 13, so in this round. And it's with much sadness, I want to say, that it's time to bid farewell to Paddy McCartan after some solid scoring and reliable enough scores for an on-field rookie as well. He uh, faces the buy, and now is the perfect time to cash in and bid bid farewell to Paddy McCartan. It, it is very much time to say goodbye. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Paddy. You've um, you've been you've given us amazing service. Um, yeah. How much has he actually gone up? He he's gone up an absurd amount. Two hundred eighteen point five k. Geez, so he's Massive. more more than you know. He's he's done the job of two cash cows virtually. Um, yeah, absolutely amazing job. But another guy who's done just as well is another, I guess, genuine rookie in this case in Sam DeConning as a defender forward, much like Paddy. And he's priced at 360.7K with an average of 65.9 with a break-even of 65. And of course, he does have that by this weekend. So um, <clears throat> yes, very much like McCartan. He is ready for the chop. Unfortunately, he has given us amazing service. Upgrade him to a genuine forward or defensive primo. And um, yeah, I mean, enjoy the spoils. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for your service, SDK and and McCartan. Thank you. Uh, And now on to another sale option. It is Robbie McComb, McComb, however you want to pronounce it. Uh, Mid forward, 265.1K with an average of 56.9 with a break even of 50 and a buy this round. Having made over that 160K, a break even of 50 and a buy in round 13, McComb has done his dash made his cash and it's time to upgrade or downgrade him. I like that, Liam. Very good. I didn't didn't actually, I didn't intend to rhyme there. So I'm pretty happy with that. (laughs) I like that. She was on fire. Um, But these three guys as well, doesn't it? It works out perfectly in terms of timing. So not only have they virtually like maxed out their cash cow potential, but they're on their buy. So like perfect time, like both of the, like what we're saying last week, the stars have aligned. So the stars have aligned for these three guys in terms of their, the service they've given us, points on field, and also the cash that they've made us. So um, tip of the cap three times over to all you guys, but especially McCartan and DeConning. But Liam, I'll leave the first option when it comes to buys up to you to explain because it is one of the guys that you're considering 
bringing in this weekend, and he is Zach Merritt, that ace up your sleeve. What have you? Uh, what have you got for us? Yes. Uh, so I'll just jump into his his general stats first. Uh, so Zach Merritt, mid eligible, five hundred and twenty point seven k. So quite cheap, averaging one hundred and six point one with a break even of just seventy five. So I'm just going to run into some stats here quickly. <clears throat> Uh, second half of 2021, he averaged 120.9 after averaging 109 for the first half of season 2021. He had an eerily similar trend in 2020. First half of the season, he averaged 107.8. And the second half, he averaged 120.2. And most eerily, is following he's, he's following a similar trend in season 22 with an average of 106.1 to the midway point of the season. So he's... You know, his first half of the season seems to be his, you know, poorer, I want to say, uh, average. But he seems to come back with a nice, strong average of over 120. Hmm. So I think he presents his amazing value. He's 105K discount on his starting price and has a break even of 75. He has dropped below 100 on just two occasions for a 99 and a 57. I think he's very good value and a prime example of a player not being in the top eight mids by season's end but being able to average high enough to justify that position and potentially score like a top eight mid from the point that you trade him in. So I think Merritt's a good pick. Um, we'll, we'll run through some other options. And I know we've got a question about um, some of the options in I've Got to Know, so I won't chat too much about it. I like it. Now. I like it. We'll, uh, we'll touch on it then. But uh, gee whiz, how, how, how eerie is that? You said it best, like in terms of just comparative it's just analysis. So similar. It's almost to the to like the digit. It's it's crazy. Yeah. Really, really crazy. Past the past two years and the fact that the third year running now uh is tracking that way as well. So um yeah, very much an omen in a way. Very mm-hmm. an ominous omen, maybe. I think so. Yes, but uh, we'll chat about that in a bit more depth in I Gots to Know. But uh next up, Liam. <laughs> we uh well, the next two guys I'm gonna say. A couple yeah. of our boys, a couple of our boys. Yeah. And the first first boy is my boy. And it is Sammy Walsh as a midfielder priced at 629.5K, averaging a 117.2 with a break-even of 115. And yes, my boy. He finds himself in the buyer column this week and presents himself as a very, very juicy option. Yes. Um, I guess, you know, you could look to wait a week. Um, his break-even is 115, which means that, you know, he shouldn't skyrocket. Unless he has an out-of-the-box game, but Liam, we're talking about my boy here. And he could very he well could. have an out-of-the-box game against an arch-rival in your mob, Liam, uh, the could. Dons. Um, so coming off his bye, he's an ideal candidate, an ideal time yeah. to jump on him. Um, because, <clears throat> yeah, like like we've said, you know, in terms of guys to jump on that at the moment, when you go into the, the trade um, window for Supercoach and you average it by, you know, points scored, Walsh may not be, you know, in the top eight at the moment in terms of midfielders, but you, you, you sort it by average and he is well and truly in the top eight mids. So that there gives a bit of a, bit of a window into what to expect for the rest of the year. So that is the reason why, apart from the fact that he's my boy, but that is part of the reason why he is on my radar. So um, his high floor is another reason um, to really look at him really, really closely because he's had two scores at below 100 and 90 in his return game. So that's, you know, can probably give him a, a bit of a, a leave pass there um, and yep. an 89. And he's had four scores above 125. So uh, it really shows that he has a, a very, very nice high ceiling as well. And his three-round average, just to, just to top it off, 
He's at 135. So that shows he is in some recent hot, hot form, Liam. And I'm getting a little bit hot under the collar here. I don't know if it's oh. with the, um, the heater that's um, my better half downstairs has, has whacked on, but it's a coincidence. I'm getting pretty hot talking about my man. Let's, let's talk about another one, Liam. This time, it's your man. Yes, uh, this time, it's my man, Darcy Parrish, <clears throat> the, the namesake of my team. So it's probably <laughs> apt that he's going to come into my side eventually this season. Uh, obviously, midfield eligible, priced very similarly, 625.8K, averaging 118.4 with a break-even of 99. And he's the ranked the ninth overall for midfielders. And I think he presents as another juicy option to trade in this round. Obviously, past his buy, so he's going to play um, he's, he's, you know, scheduled to play every game for the rest of the season. Touch wood. He doesn't, you know, haven't jinxed him now. Uh, <laughs> importantly, he has a high floor. It's very similar to Sammy Walsh. Mm-hmm. Lowest score of the season was a 97 and a 99 in rounds one and three. So that was quite a while ago. He has a good ceiling too. Uh, he hasn't reached some of the heights of the season of 2021, but he has four scores above 125. And it's actually quite eerie when you look at Walsh and Parrish. Mm-hmm. They're actually very similar Um in terms of their floor, their uh, ceiling, their averages, um, yeah. price their point, price, yeah. yeah. Uh, so he's obviously he's going to set you back, but he's going to be. But if you do get him in, you're getting uh, getting a very reliable midfielder. If you ask me, mm. I reckon come the end of the year, I reckon these guys, both of these guys, will. I'm going to say confidently, they're going to be in the top eight mids. Um, but the other thing to look at with these guys as well is the fact that uh, they are relatively, you know, in terms of ownership, they are pods to an extent. Um, but you have a look at Walshy, and he's only owned by 7% of teams. And I know a lot of people, you know, we discussed it pre-episode off air, of course, um, with Petrarca. When he was priced at 570-odd, he dropped to that, that price, and people thought, oh, yeah, good value, jumped on him. And now he's owned by 32% or something of the competition. And he's had a downturn of form over the past couple of weeks and we didn't jump on him. And that was part of the reason why I personally didn't jump on him because I knew that, okay, well, there's a bit of a point of difference there in the sense that, you know, there's a point of difference in jumping on a player and also holding off on a player. And that sort of worked into, into both of our favors because we don't both don't have him. But when it comes to Walsh and when you're, when you're jumping on a pod, in my eyes, you're jumping on someone that's, that's an Uber primo because at least, you know, you're, I guess, hedging your bets in a sense, you know that you're going to get relatively good scoring from week to week um, and they're low ownership. So um, that in my eyes is a really good pod. And I think him plus Parrish, um, really, really good um, good options. Makes mm, sense. I like both of them. Yeah, I reckon, um, wouldn't, wouldn't it be poetic, Liam, as well? That, like we both bring in, like you bring in your boy, I'll bring in my boy on the same week. Yeah. It'd be amazing. It'd be amazing. Stars are aligning. Maybe it, Stars will are aligning. Maybe it will happen. Maybe it Maybe. won't. Maybe it won't. We'll, we'll find out. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> let's discuss another, uh, I guess, juicy option in Josh Kelly. Uh, he's a midfielder priced at 619.6K, averaging a 113.8 with a break-even of 110. And, uh, you know, he's another, you know, great, as I said, juicy mid-option uh, coming off the buy. And Kelly, much like Parrish and Walsh, has a high ceiling, but not really as much as a high floor as those two um, with a low score of 81 and four scores below 100. So he has hit some good form in recent weeks with four of his last five games above 125. And yeah, he'll likely have higher fluctuations than Walsh and Parrish because of that. 
Um, and I guess coupled with the fact that he does have a really poor injury history to boot. So uh, something to keep in mind. Um, and I mean, so I'd much prefer to spend an extra 6K or, yeah. you know, 10K in the case of Walsh uh, to bring in a Parish and a Walsh over Kelly. But I mean, to each their own. Yeah, I, I agree personally as well. Uh, now onto the next option, and it's another good option. I feel like we've we're spoiled for choice, and it's Jack Sinclair, who is defender defender midfielder eligible, five hundred sixty two point four k, averaging one thirteen with a break even of just fifty four. Um, great option if you need an upgrade in your defence line. Obviously, doesn't uh, he's he's coming off the bye, so but that's always handy. Uh, Sinclair offers versatility with his DPP status. And is also in a rich run of form. He's only dropped below 100 twice this season, uh, which was in back-to-back weeks uh, for an 85 and an 83, but it's been all 100s since then and very strong 100s as well. Uh, his role has led to some very strong scoring, a um, bit of a playing in that defensive role and pushing up onto the wing. I think he is a very solid option and his role shouldn't really be intact, impacted long-term once Steel returns. Uh, we didn't see him get any CBAs, I think, in the game that he that still was injured and also post that from what I've seen. So I think Sinclair presents himself as another good option if you don't have him. And I think with his, he's in 24% of teams. So he's not, not pod by any means, but I think you need to sort of get him into kind of counter uh, the, the opposition a little bit with him. I like it. I like it. I was fortunate enough to get him uh, when Whitfield went out for his, uh, his first week that he, uh, that he missed and um, yeah, have a look back. So uh, yeah, he is one most definitely to look at yeah. and jump on the other one probably speaks for itself. Liam, he, uh, we spoke of him at the top of the show. He was in both of our good categories and for good reason. Uh, it is Maxi Gorn. Uh, he's priced at 587.9 K averaging a 120.2 with a break even of 31. And, uh, one thing to keep in mind though, is he does have his buy in round 14, but I mean, what a game he had on the weekend. If you're one of the 50% of teams without the bearded one, get him in. And I can probably wager as well that there would be a percentage of those teams that don't have him that did have him and they traded him out. If you were one of those few, just bite the bullet, use another trade, get him back in. Um, he's been, you know, I guess fluctuating up and down from time to time, but you're gonna you're gonna get that. I think the days of of a Ruckman, uh, like a Sandlins, a, a Gaundy, uh, you know, Cox back in the day, scoring hundreds week in week out, probably a thing in the past now. So you've got to just factor in that. There will be games there where he does dip below the 100. But, um, you know, as we yeah. saw with English on the weekend as well, but you just got to ride the wave. And I think he will cement himself as, no doubt, one of the top two Ruckman at this stage anyway. So, you know, like I said, he obviously faces the last buy. But with a break-even of 31, he's going to go up in price. There's no qualms about it. So Supercoach Gold projects him to be above the 600K mark if he scores at 111, which is, you know, very possible, of course. And also... Should keep in mind that Collingwood give up the most points to opposition Ruckman of any side who he faces this weekend. So the decision should be easy if you've got the likes of Wits and English by upgrading a forward to Gorn and then swinging English into the forward line. I think that's probably the most savvy way to play things if you are in that position um, and then have a, what would the acronym be? It would be a, wouldn't be a Gwitter, a Gwitz. Uh, <laughs> quits let's go with quits that'll that'll do a gorn and wits eh. combo <laughs> doesn't sound eh. as palatable as uh, as gaundy it's hard to say as well no. No. but yes i'm all for the quits uh, option uh, but uh onto the on the bubble and there's not a great deal of on offer this week uh 
unfortunately. But if you do need a downgrade option, these two present as options who are on the bubble. First up is Mitch Owens, mid-eligible, 117.3K with an average of 45.5 and a break-even of minus 22. And it's been a tale of two games from Owens with a high score of 89 in game two and a low score of two. Yes, two. Mm. That's right. Wow. In his first Mm. game. But uh, his score in game two, did come on the back of 10 tackles, two goals and 14 disposals. So, I mean, just keep that in mind. It's hard to know what you'll get week to week from Mitchie Owens, but he presents as one of the only available downgrade options. So he's probably a a necessary evil, unfortunately. Uh, Just be wary of his long-term prospects as well, as he could be one one of the first in the gun once Steele returns. But he still is at least four weeks away at minimum. And he is coming off the bye. So... uh, he will get four weeks of, of playing time, assuming he holds his spot. I like it. I like it. I think, yeah, as you said, he's going to be the most, one of the most popular downgrade options. Um, and we're yeah. at the stages of the year as well, where we're kind of, we're crying out for like reliable rookies uh, and cash cows. And yeah, I mean, he's, he's the, he's the best of the lot just based upon, you know, he's, he's scoring in his last game, um, but you know, sort of balanced out by that too in his first game. Um, but yeah, negative 22. Out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, very, very true. First, which helps. Very true. Didn't think of that. So yeah, it'll drop out after this uh, this weekend. So um, yeah, hopefully he is selected by the Saints. I mean, if he isn't, it's going to be very much like a Cleary situation from the Dogs, uh, with people who are scrambling trying to find other avenues to um, make up cash. But yeah, have a look at him, and for good reason. The other player, the only other player, I guess, on the bubble is Jacob Ware. Ware? Ware from Where? the Giants. <laughs> he's a defender priced at 123.9k and felt like you're like were like he just like <laughs> puffed on a joint you're like <laughs> he's averaging a 55.2 with a break even of negative 38 for those people listening to the podcast no liam did not just puff on a joint um, <laughs> yeah, that's part of the reason why you should watch us on youtube as well because then you can see if he is and judge him um he's, he's only taking Ugh. puffs in between uh in, in between players that we're chatting about um but yeah <laughs> Jacob yeah, looks serviceable enough with relatively consistent scoring across his first two matches so far with a 50 and a 61. At this stage, I'd assume he'd be a bench option only. So I guess, yeah, his scoring shouldn't be too big a concern as long as he keeps making cash, of course, and playing across the remaining two bye weeks, which is probably the most important in the short term. He's already on my side, so I'm going to yep. probably be having to go in for Mitch, Mitch Owen. So please, Mitch. Yep. Just tell me, man. Score well. Yeah. Uh, but uh, let's move on to the weight options. And there are some tasty prospects that are coming up in the next few weeks, provided you can wait, and, and you should. Uh, and they include uh, Sean Darcy, 577.5K, with an average of 102.3, a break-even of 140, and obviously eligible as a Ruckman, uh, scored his second lowest score of the year with a 59 against the Lions on the weekend. The fact he had to share the ruck with Meek played its part, logging a six-game low of just 54% ruck time, having averaged 74.5 in his percent, sorry, in his previous four games. But with scores of 178, 141, and 134 in three of the previous four games, it does show that he has a ceiling and what ceiling he can have. He has the buy in round 14, so wait for round 15 to bring him in when he where he could bottom out around 560k coming out of his buy. And then you can Take out uh, English if you've got English in your forward mm. in your midfield. Uh, sorry, in your ruck line. Put him into your mm. forwards, and then you can have 
Garcia. <laughs> I was wondering what you were doing then, and I'm like, did you just have a stroke? <laughs> Thankfully, you didn't. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, Garcia. Yes, but or that, Dawn. That, I like Dawn. Dawn probably. <laughs> or Dawn actually reminds me of like, because a lot of people call Sean Darcy Hodor from Game of Thrones. Oh yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. And for good reason, because he looks like him. He's carrying a little bit yeah. of excess baggage, you could say, for an elite athlete, as we'll call him. But, you know, he does his job. So. So that's, that's him. So uh, <laughs> let's go for Dawn. Dawn, Dawn, hold it, Dawn. Uh, so, yeah, let's move on to um, the other guy that you could potentially wait on because mm. he's going to be good value, but. Both of these guys should preface it as well because there is reason why they have held their price and are going down further in price because they're in a little bit of a fawn slump. So if they can take themselves out of this hole, um, which I think they both can, especially Darcy. Mm. Um, he's shown that he's got a fair bit of ceiling about him. Um, he's had a couple of low scores here and there, but um, yeah, in terms of his average, the way he's going, not too bad. And the fact that I'm in that very position, Liam, but you mentioned that uh, I've got English in the rucks and I'd love to have him in the forward line so I could easily upgrade a forward to Darcy and then swing English into my forward line because none of the forwards appeal to me at all, like we've been saying all year. But um, this next guy, Christian Petrarca, he's priced at 523.3K, averaging a 107.3 with a break even of 186. And uh, after an illness-affected game the week prior, which saw him score just 53, he followed it up with a 70 on the weekend, which has seen him drop... Another 43.3K, massive. And his break-even has risen, yeah. conversely, to 186. Uh, part of the reason why he scored so low on the weekend, a few people have uh, reached out on Twitter. Um, and we haven't addressed this in I Got To Know because we were covering it here. So hopefully this does answer your question. And one of those was, uh, why is he scoring so badly? So last, not the weekend just gone, but uh, the last week prior to that, obviously came back from illness. That was part of the reason he was being managed in-game. He just wasn't at full fitness. On the weekend, his scoring was bad. It was granted. Yes, it was bad. <laughs> 70. But he had five clangers and 52% disposal efficiency, which are the, I guess, the two main contributors to his poor showing. But uh, one positive is the fact that, uh, surprisingly, he had the season-high CBAs with 96%, Oof. which is interesting. Oh, that's Very interesting. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's both interesting, concerning, and... I guess, positive mm. because you're like, oh, well, he's just had an off game because his disposal efficiency was pretty shit, turned over the ball a fair amount. Um, and if he was to correct that, with 96% time in the middle in the engine room, um, where a lot of the time in his game anyways, split between the four, where he'd start in the middle and then drift forward, go back into the engine room. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's good signs anyway, long term. Um, he's projected, however, to lose another 38.2K on the weekend with his price to dip to a season low of 4,800, sorry, 485,000.1K heading into his buy in round 14. So that screams super value. I think there was a lot of people jumped on him when he dipped to around about 570, 560 odd from memory. Um, but uh, those people would be kicking themselves because, mm. yeah, he's priced 80K cheaper or thereabouts from where they got him. But um, if you're like us, Liam, do you look at him? I mean, you do. You consider him in you my case. You have to look at him. Yeah. But it probably comes down to whether or not the time's right, 
what other concerns uh, crop up in your team and whether yeah. or not there's more immediate issues that you need to address before bringing him into your side. But yeah. Look, for me, I'm probably going to be finishing my midfield this week. Uh, yep. So if he was mid-forward eligible, I mm. would probably do it because at worst he could sit as an M, M9 and yep. throw him forward um, at that juicy value. But I just don't think I can afford it at this time. No. Yeah, I'm very much the same. I'd love this, to have him yeah, as an yeah. M9, but they can't afford it. Yeah, so I think that would be my my factor. If I, I didn't have my midfield finished, maybe I'd consider him as an M8. Um, I'm sorry, M, yeah, yep. M8. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. But uh, anyway, let's let's move on. Let's move on to the next segment. And Damon, who who is it? Who is who's who's who is it? Is uh, it you? Follow me into the cockpit, my co-pilot, because Liam. I am the captain now. Look at me. I'm the captain now. Yes, we've scrounged through the data and found the best options for your VC and C this weekend. And first up, on Friday night, we've got Darcy Parrish, my boy. My boy. He's averaged 86.5 over his last four against the Blues with scores 107, 62, 129, and 48. Realistically, you probably only consider that last score of 107. That's when he moved more permanently into the midfield. midfield. Um, his three-round and five-round average are both over 125, which is the golden rule that we operate by here mm-hmm. at Supercoach Edge for captaincy or vice-captaincy especially. And with three of his last four being over, sorry, 128 or above. So... Mm-hmm. Juicy option for a Friday night. Well, I see your parish and I raise you as Sammy Walsh. Also yeah, in the that. same game, of course. Uh, well, I reckon these guys might be head to head. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, averaging a 98.6 over his last three against the Dons with scores of 130 and 99 and 67. And that 67 came in his debut season and has only played them on three occasions, of course. So very small sample size and uh, yeah, probably can't put too much weighting on that because of that. And like Parrish finds himself on the list due to his three and five round average being 135 and 124.6 respectively with four of his last five scores being 123 or above Liam. Mm, Very juicy. I'm also going to throw in another option and that's Sam Doherty on that Friday night as well, averaging 114.5 over his last four against the Dons with scores of 87 185, 111, and 75. I mean, I don't know when the last time he would have played them would have been. So, it, you know, it's hard to sort of look at that historical form because it would have been a few years ago. But I think he will – I think it will be a really good option. Essendon loves to give up points to those – Rebounding defenders. defenders. And, yeah. yeah, and especially ones that are willing to take that intercept mark. So I think Doherty is uh, – Doherty is a good option. Yep. I like it. I like it. Uh, another option is Will Brody, who is absolutely on fire and putting his name up there as the recruit of the season. Faces Hawthorne on Saturday at 4.10 p.m. And um, yeah, he's averaged zero over his last zero games against the Hawks, Liam, <laughs> because he's never yeah. played them. So uh, there's zero history to go off. But Hawthorne do give away the second most points to opposition inside mids. So he's a bit of a smoky option. But with the buys, you can uh, definitely afford to play him as your VC. And he also has a three-round average of 124.7. So in some really ripping form. 
Yep. I, I don't mind it. I don't mind it as a bit of a pod VC option. Uh, on to the uh, next game. It's Lucky Neil um, against St Kilda on Saturday at 7.25. He has averaged 96.75 over his last four against the Saints with scores of 118, 72, 79 and 118. And uh, the only issue is it's the team that he has his worst average against. Ooh. He has been pretty solid though, having only dropped below 100 uh, this season once, which was coincidentally last round. He uh, was the winner of the ton run with Emper. Yep. But uh, I don't know. Lucky Neil, I mean, I don't know. It's it's a tough one to, to consider. I think there's probably, I don't think there's a heap of other options this round that are, that are much more juicy. Mm. Uh, but I think the Friday night, you've got some good VC options. So maybe Lucky Neil's worth throwing the C on if, yep. if uh, yeah, if... Uh, your VC option doesn't doesn't eventuate, but I think there's other options as well later on that could that could be good options. Yeah, I think there are for potentially the the Queen's birthday. Um, yeah, we'll delve into those a little bit. Uh, well, very very soon. Uh, but first up, we have a Jack Sinclair in that same game, and his average is seventy five point two five over his last four against the Lions, with scores of eighty three, eighty nine, eighty, and forty nine. But uh, you know, it's not about his historical average because obviously he played in a potentially a different position. Um, and the fact that he's in such a hot runner form with a three-round average of 128.3 with scores of 107, 138, and 140 in his last three. And the fact that he's only dropped below 100 on two occasions this season probably counts mm. for a little bit more in terms of um, reading into form lines. So um, take him into consideration um, because he would be very much so, I think, a pod C option. Definitely. Uh, and then on to Queen's birthday, as you mentioned, some good options here. We got Clayton Oliver against obviously Collingwood on Monday at 320. And he averaged, he's averaged 113.75 over his last four against the Pies with scores of 108, 137, 114, and 96. And in, he has his third worst average against the Pies, but does come into this game with a three round average of 141.7 and a five round average of 131.8. And to top it all off, Collingwood also give away the most points to opposition inside mids. So could be a big one for Clary. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he saved my bacon on the weekend, like mm-hmm. I said. So um, he would be one that I'll be looking at. Uh, also his teammate, the man who is in ripping hot scintillating form, Maxi Gorn. He's averaged 112.75 over his last four against the pies with scores of 123, 153 and 99 and 76. And remember these scores would have come against Grundy. So he'll be facing a, uh, Arguably, even though he's in good form at the moment, Darcy Cameron, a far inferior, uh, I guess, Ruckman in the uh, the formal sense of uh, tap work. So he comes off an incredible game, obviously, on the weekend with his best score since 2019 uh, as well, just to add. With Melbourne coming off two consecutive losses, you'd expect him to come out firing again. And to add to it, Collingwood give away the most points to opposition Ruckman. So like we've been saying, the buzz, buzz phrase, the stars are aligning, Liam. So yep. uh, could they again? For the big bearded one at the D's. I think I think it's 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 coming up, it's coming up gaudy. <laughs> yeah. It's all coming up gaudy. <laughs> uh so I think he's he's probably a good option for your C. But let's uh look at some honorable mentions. And first up we've got Daniel Rich. Uh so just I guess comes in off the basis that he is a uh obviously not high ownership. Um, but if you do have him. Just something to consider. St. Kilda give away the second most points to designated kick-in players 
which which is for the Brisbane Lions. So he's a very big smoky option if you if you want to go for a bit of a pod. Hmm. Another pod, Liam, is Andrew Brayshaw, and uh, he plays the Hawks, and they give away the second most points to opposition mids and another smoky. So, um, yeah, that's sort of based upon his current scoring form line, although it must be said on the weekend. I think he had 38, 39 disposals and didn't score all that well. It was kind of reminiscent of a Tom Mitchell in a sense, where he almost yeah. pushed, you know, he's pushing the 40 disposal mark, and I think he failed to score above 120. So, yeah, he needs to... Um, yeah, just take a little bit more time with his kicking and disposal and get that efficiency mm-hmm. up there because that brought down his score. But nonetheless, honourable mention for Andy Brayshaw. But on to our selections, Liam. Who are you going for? Yes. Oh, it's a tough one. Mm. I might go. I might. You know what? If Darcy Parrish, I'm going to go. You know what? We'll make it a battle Ooh. of the battle of the uh, the, the boys, the, the, the my boys. Uh, I'll go Darcy <laughs> Parrish in VC, and then if he fails to fire. I think it's it's Gorny. I think it's got to yep. be Gorny. But I Gorny. do like Clary Oliver uh, yep. as another option. But I think Gorn's probably, I don't know. Coming off two losses, I think that's the big thing for me mm. with Melbourne. Coming yeah. out two losses, he's the captain. He's got to make a make a big statement, big stand and statement. Mm. Yes. Yep, I like it. I like it. And I'm going to mirror that, Liam, and say yes. if my boy Walshy. If he makes his way into my side, Ooh. don't want to give away too much here. I uh, got to keep the cards close to the chest, but you know, it's my boy. So it's going to be hard to resist. Uh, let's just say he could earn the VC armband first up, but Ooh, uh, in terms of nice. captaincy options, I would probably have to go with the sizzling hot Gorn just oh, marginally ahead of Clary Oliver because he, he returned some dividends for me on the weekend. But yeah, Gorny, he makes me, he makes me Gorny. Talking about Gorney. So he's uh, he's in some good form. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry. It's oh, getting a little bit of a while to sink in. <laughs> You're going let it, to let it, let it slide oh. through the keeper and you're like, yeah, oh, I was, no, wait, I was going on. to, but I couldn't. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, Damon, uh, let's, let's move on to the next segment. And what is it, Damon? I don't know. You tell me. I got to know. Hey, I got to know. Very good, and we've opened up the uh, the floodgate this week yes. because um, we've got a little bit more time to delve into um, the second by week. So, uh, yeah, we had a heap of questions sent in, so thank you to those that did so, and we will yep. ap- reply to those on Twitter that we couldn't address in the, this week's app and fit them in. But, of course, the biggest question goes without saying we received is what to do with Bailey Smith, so we will answer that first. So, um, like we mentioned from the top, he's going to be out for three weeks counting his buy this weekend. So I think off the basis of that, he's in the trade category. However, I want to you know show the other side of the coin as well. The fact that one of his two suspended weeks is on a general buy week means that you, know, you obviously only need to field 18. So that makes it a little bit easier to cover him compared to a normal week of needing 22 yeah. players, which is obviously going to be one of those three weeks where he misses through suspension. So in short... It really, I think it does depend on your team circumstances and if you can cover him. However, if you can't cover him or if you just, you've had it up to here with him. <laughs> Forget about the badge. When do we get the freaking guns? Hey, I told you, you don't get your gun until you tell me your name. I've had it up to here with you, rivals. <laughs> <laughs> if you like him and if you can't cover him, the less impactful is probably sideways trading him to uh, Merit and... Yep. 
The other positive is, is the fact that you will be banking 30K in the process. So if I was in this position where I had, you know, a couple of trades, you know, to spare up my sleeve for suspensions and, and injuries and stuff, I would be probably taking this avenue um, or at least strongly considering it. What are your thoughts, yep. Liam? I agree, I think. I agree with what you said. I'd be less inclined to trade him just based off the fact that you, unless, unless just based off the fact that trades are probably coming to the point where they're, you know, going to be a little bit scarce. Yeah. Um, I think, as you said, so he's missing the buy, which he was already going to miss. He's going to then miss another week that is in uh, a buy week, and then he's obviously going to miss a regular week. On top of that, so I I think it's okay to hold him. Um, I think it's a bit it's a bit it mitigates the circumstances a little bit, mm. but I agree with what you've said. I think um, a little bit there's a, multiple options, and I think it's just going to be very team dependent on what you what you can and can't do. Uh, but let's move on to the next question, and it is from Isaac Place um, at Placey SC on uh, Twitter, and his question is: Merit a good option for the run home, or do we go for a parish? So, do we go for a Walsh parish or Cali? Only difference for my side is that I'll finish it with one less trade if I want to pay up for one of the big dogs. Now, I think for me personally, I have weighed this up, um, and it's been it's you know it's been on my shoulders this week. I've been you know mulling it over, been walking around, not sure what to do. <laughs> Standing in the rain a little bit, trying to, you know, like that. <laughs> that gif where he's like standing <laughs> yeah. in the rain, or like sitting on a park bench, sitting on like a yeah, swing. By myself. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you. going to the park just to feed some ducks and, you know, think a little bit. So um, that's what you were doing. Oh, that makes sense now. Oh, very good. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I think I've come to the conclusion that paying up for Parish makes, or Walsh or Cali makes sense. I mean, I've already got Walsh on my side, so it's really only between Parish and Cali. Um, I'd be going. Parish over Cali. I think I'd have it in that order. Walsh first. If you didn't have, if you didn't have Walsh, Parish, and Cali, I'd be going Walsh, Parish, and then Merritt, and then Cali. I think yep. Cali has a high ceiling. He has a lower floor, um, and I also just think that he has that injury history. I think Merritt is cheap, very good value, very very good value. Mm -hmm. But I think Walsh and Parish will outscore him. And I think it's sometimes worth paying that little bit extra. I think, you know, of course, if you look at the next couple of weeks, you might see that Merritt's outscoring them. But I think on the whole, you'll find that by the end of the season, Walsh and Parish will outscore Merritt from this point of the season. Um, and I think it is worth paying up for someone like a Parish or a Walsh who have, you know, that quite high ceiling, uh, quite high floor as well. Merritt just hasn't quite had the ceiling. So I think for me personally, um, I would be going for Walsh Parish. Um, and then Merritt and then Cali in that order. Yeah, I'm 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 in agreement with you, hundred percent. Um, I mean, at the moment, just looking at it in terms of uh, rankings. So, <clears throat> in terms of average so far, which obviously discounts the fact uh, that Walsh has missed games. Walsh at the moment is is uh, ranked ninth best midfielder overall, and Darcy Parish is ranked sixth overall. Um, so yeah. yeah, like you were talking about in terms of paying up for quality, that is what I'd be doing first and foremost. Uh, I do see merit in merit. I like that. Um, I like that. <laughs> geez, my puns are getting terrible. Um, but yeah, it depends upon team circumstance, I think, and how much money you have in the bank. I identified Walsh probably about two, three weeks ago. So my plan from back then was to generate enough cash and not 
use that cash on other players because I was looking to bring Walsh in after his buy. And that's what it you know, comes down to, obviously, forward thinking, forward planning. And that's what I had my eye on for a long, long way back. And you probably find a few hints here and there in previous episodes that I'd be looking at him. Um, it's probably not that hard considering I talk about him that much. But um, Zachy Merritt, in terms of his price point, like you said, huge value. And I would have it in that exact same order as well. Walsh, Parrish, Merritt, and then Kelly. Um, Kelly, similar price point. We spoke about all three of those guys in the uh, the buy category. So it probably speaks to itself there. Like you said, injury history with Kelly, more questionable. He's got the lower floor. Um, and yeah, with Walsh and Parrish, you can't go too wrong. High floor, high ceiling. You know what you're going to get from week to week. And if you're someone that's going for head-to-head league, especially when you're in cash leagues, that there is like the biggest nugget of gold because not only are they primos, they're uber primos because, you know, you're getting almost guaranteed high scores every single week, no matter if their form tapers ever so slightly. So check those out. And I know you mentioned as well, Liam, in terms of merit, just quickly, you you did mention him in the same breadth as, uh, as Brayshaw. And I, yeah. I think Murray's a little bit better than Brayshaw, but yeah. in terms of the fact that they do have that tendency to dip their floor sort of fluctuates from time to time. Um, but the ceiling is, you know, not too bad from time to time again, but not as consistent or reliable as a, as a Walsh or a Parish. Yeah, I think that was sort of my my, my, my thought was, am I sacrificing, am I, am I going for value and sacrificing points as a result? And I felt like I was in the end, um, which yep. was what I kind of felt with, not, that's why I avoided Brayshaw at the time, was that I felt like I was going to be getting... Um, yeah, sacrificing points um, on the basis just that he was really cheap at the time. I just didn't have a good feeling. And I think that's what I'm feeling with Merritt to an extent. I think he'll score well, but I just don't think he'll score at the same level as Walsh and Parrish um, will. So I think it's it's worth paying up for them. I think he'll have more variability in his scoring, but not as high a ceiling as well. Yeah. And the other thing to think about as well is the fact that a lot of people will be like, oh, you're paying an extra 100K, but you're actually getting, like you said, points in return. Like, um, the three-round average of Parrish is at 126 from memory, and he's five rounds around about 125. Walsh, three-round yep. average, 135, five round at 124. And then compare it to Merritt, whose three-round average is 96.3, and his five round is a 99.2. So you're getting week on week an extra 25 to 30 points extra over the course of the year, factoring that in at the moment. At their current form, obviously that can change, but... Um, I mean, just have a look at their averages as well. Um, their averages are, uh, what, 118 for Parrish, 117 for Walsh. Compare it to um, to that man, Merritt, who's, what is it, 106. 106. So, again. You're looking um, at at least 10 points sort of on average around yep. that, you're, that you're missing out on. Which Spot on, exactly. counts for a lot by the end of the season. Yeah. And then a factor in as well there. When talking about all these guys, they're like you mentioned earlier, uh, the pod factor, like their ownership. A lot of people were going to jump on Merritt because of his price point. Not so many people will jump on Parrish and Walsh and probably Kelly as well uh, to an extent because they're priced 100K more expensive. And a lot of people won't have that cash in the bank or they'll be unwilling to downgrade, generate that cash and then spend it all up at once in bringing in a Walsh, Parrish or a Kelly. So um, yeah, I think... The fact that you're bringing in someone who's a who's an uber primo uh, with relatively good, you know, ownership in terms of being a pod, uh, that will count in your factor as well, especially when you're trying to yeah. make up extra ground on the competition. 
definitely. I agree there. Liam, let's move on to our last segment. And it is a favorite. It's becoming a favorite of mine anyway, because he's <laughs> always uh, quite funny uh, with our childish minds. But it is uh, group rankings and the Supercoach Edge Cash League. And Liam, let's quickly have a look at the Supercoach Edge group rankings first up. Yes, the highest scorer for this round uh, was Tyler with his team, Shep Screamers, uh, with a massive score of 2,168, a round rank of 62. And it's not just to show that it wasn't just sort of, you know, he's just a one-round wonder. He has an overall rank of 95 as well. So absolutely flying there. And now on to the overall highest scorer for, for the sixth week in a row. It is Tyler with his team cream pies. <laughs> and a total score of 28,350. And his overall rank is up Ooh. 10 spots from 18th wow. to just eighth overall. So well done, Tyler. Wow. He's gunning for the top spot of overall position. Absolutely insane, <sighs> but must make mention. Thank you. Thank you, Tyler, for being the, the highest scorer of the round because your team name fits so well with Tyler's. It's Tyler and Tyler. Yes. And it's Ship Screamers, Ship Screamers, Cream Pies. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. I wonder why oh. they were screaming. Was it the giver or the receiver? Oi. Okay, let's... let's the... <laughs> Oof. Of the cream pie, Liam. When you go to a bakery, you're, you're, are, you, are you the purchaser or are you the... the... The one behind the counter giving over the cream pie, you know, what are you oh. talking about? Anyway, if you want to... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. If you want to enter the Supercoach Edge group, of which you can join at any time, the code is 142059. And um, before we clock off for another episode, Liam, in terms of socials, where can our listeners and viewers find us? Yes, on YouTube, you'll find us if you search Supercoach Edge and don't forget to like and subscribe. On Twitter, just search at Supercoach underscore Edge and you'll find us there for all the latest team news and uh, just general news, I guess, about Supercoach and, and AFL. Uh, if you want to follow Damon, you can find him at DamoJ88, myself at Liam Evans underscore 95. And on Facebook and on Instagram, just search Supercoach Edge and you will find us there. Very nice. Well, uh that's it for another week. And uh, we've rode out the first by wave, but we still have another huge wave to navigate over. So it's like we've gone over the wave and we're like, oh, finally, that's it. But then on the horizon, another wave. It's just relentless. Mm. So we have another huge wave to navigate over as we, uh, we patch up the ships that are our sides with our best Loving. 18 reinforcements. Loving these <laughs> ship analogies. <laughs> <laughs> just hopefully uh, we don't get blown apart in this, this by storm that we're in, Liam. Yes. Uh, yes. So yeah, so we're constantly patching up our ship because we're losing planks, losing reinforcements. So we've got to uh, at least make sure that we've got 18 a week mm. over the next couple of weeks, at least anyway. But um, with that, uh, best of luck to everyone. And uh, we'll catch you next week to do it all again. Good luck guys. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. 
Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.